Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We've been doing a worship series for the past couple weeks and we've been really focusing on going deeper in what worship is, how to worship, um, how to really step into that. Um, next week, we actually have a Q&A panel who's going to be sharing on worship. We've got some musicians, some sound mixers, some people who lead worship, a whole bunch of different people who are going to be just sharing different aspects of worship, which will be really cool because everybody worships differently. Um, so it's your chance to come and hear from someone who might worship like you and you might get inspired from that. Um, And tonight we're talking a bit about how to worship. And so I'm going to preach pretty quickly, hopefully. And then we're going to get the worship team back up. And we're actually going to do a bit of a practical night tonight as well. We're finishing off the series with a full-on whole worship night. But I figure there's not much point in talking about how to worship and then not actually doing anything about it. So um, we're going to finish up the night with a bit of worship. And um, approaching the topic of how to worship is a bit tricky in the sense that it's not like this like cookie cutter how-to guide sort of thing. Like it's not like baking a cake. It's not like you do this and this and this and this and then you get a cake. Um, it's actually unique. It's like a relationship. And so your relationship with everybody is unique and your relationship with God is actually unique. The way that you connect with Him is unique. And um, so what works for one person may not work for another person in terms of helping you connect with God. And so... Um, Tonight, I'm going to be sharing a whole bunch of different tools and concepts that actually might help you to step in and connect more in worship. And I talked a few weeks ago, we talked a few weeks ago about how worship is a lifestyle, um, not just not just, you know, standing here in worship on a Sunday night. But tonight I really actually want to focus on worship when we come into times of worship on a Sunday night or maybe privately, um, you know, when you're at home, how to actually engage and step in. And, you know, if you're looking at a relationship with any person, there's never like an exact how-to guide on that. But there are keys and tools that help you step in and press in. So when I say a bunch of different keys and tools, please don't think that if I don't do all these things, like that's, I'm not trying to say that if you don't do all these things, you aren't worshipping or you can't worship. I'm just sharing some things that might help you step in. Is that is that cool? Awesome. All right. Very good. And um, so I think the reason we need this is sometimes entering into worship is hard. We actually come to church and our mind is on like, oh, you know, I'm so stressed about this project I have coming up at work and why didn't I remember to pay that stupid toll? I wish they still had toll booths and why did I use a new moisturizer? I've just had a breakout and you're worried about the friend that you're having a fight with and you're stressed out about, oh, what am I going to find time to mow the lawn? I've got to mow the lawn and blah, blah, blah. And you like kind of come in and you have all these things on your mind when you come into church and then you come to church and you want to worship and you want to bless the heart of God. But sometimes going from crazy brain straight into that can be really hard. And so the point is that we actually kind of sometimes have to transition into that a little bit. And we need help to come into that. God actually meets us in the place of our craziness and He blesses us there and wants to help us enter into worship. And so Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, um, I think it's really beautiful. It says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And this is a bit I think is really cool. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And that picture is so beautiful because the throne room of God is referred to throughout the Bible, lots of places, really specifically and graphically in um, Revelations 4 or 5, one of those. 
Um, and it, it's this place of worship where people come to worship God. And so what um, the author of Hebrews, whoever he or she was, is saying is you have permission to come in, to step into the throne room. God wants you to come boldly into the throne room and to come boldly into worship. And the beautiful thing is, like as we've talked about already, this, it's just this constant tension that the point of worship is to bless the heart of God. It's not about us. Worship isn't about us. We worship God because He's worthy. The point of worship is to bless God. But He loves us and He lavishes love on us in that place. And so that's the same thing here. He says, come boldly into my presence, And also I'll give you mercy and grace to help you when you need it most, which is so cool. And um, coming into the throne room of God is, it's about His majesty, His authority and His splendor. But throughout the Bible, worship is talked about so much in terms of intimacy. And Robin talked about that really beautifully last week about cultivating a heart of intimacy with God. That when we come into worship, we need to actually remember who God is. He's our dad. He's our father. So we need to approach Him as such and actually have the confidence to come boldly before God. Awesome. And so um, there's lots of different ways of talking about this, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about um, worshiping God with our soul, with our body, and with our spirit, because God wants all of us. We need to worship with all of us. It says in Matthew somewhere, love the Lord you go with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. God wants all of us. He doesn't just want us to raise our hands or just to think about Him. He actually wants us to worship Him with all of us. Um, so I'm going to talk about how to worship God. Um, with our soul, with our body, and with our spirit. And so with our soul, it's um, most researchers and scholars will say that our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so firstly, with our will, we actually have to choose to worship God. It actually has to be a, a choice to step in and enter in. And so and I think we often, we think, you know, it's about the worship leader or liking the song or the music and all that. And all of that is very important because it creates an atmosphere. Like, have you ever walked into a place where it's like, bang, you're in, it's so easy to worship. Like, I think we've all had times like that. Youth camp, for some reason, has this magic Holy Spirit potion where it's so easy to worship. Um, Conferences are often like that. Sometimes, like, you'll just come into church and it'll just be like that. It'll be amazing. But sometimes it's not that easy. The environment, for some reason, isn't connecting with you or something's gone wrong or maybe you don't like the song or whatever it is. But that actually isn't the point. God's actually worthy. And so we choose to worship Him no matter how we feel. It's not about how we feel, it's about His worthiness. And so firstly, we actually have to have the will. And sometimes our choices are easy to make. Like I chose to eat M&Ms this afternoon and it was fantastic. And sometimes our choices are harder to make. Like we choose to get out of bed and go to the gym. But either way, what was my point in that? Oh yeah, but either way, like sometimes worship is like that. Sometimes choosing to worship is like choosing to eat chocolate. And sometimes choosing to worship is a lot harder and it's really like we have to really use our will to do it. But God is worthy of it. He's actually worthy of it, whether it's easy for us or whether it's hard for us. Um, all right, and then our mind. And so I talked about how sometimes we come into worship with a worrying mind of a lot of different things we're thinking about, things we're stressing over, things. I mean, I talked about trivial things like tolls, but sometimes we are really like, We have deep things going on in our heart. And I don't actually think that to come into worship and just pretend those things aren't happening is really how to create intimacy with God. Like say I was to be like, oh, I'm really gonna connect with Dave right now. So I'm just gonna pretend nothing's wrong in my life and just like talk to him. And that would probably not be great. We actually connect with God through the things that we're struggling with sometimes. And so I think if we spend, you know, like our whole worship time just being like, 
fretting and worrying and being distracted. That's not helpful. But if we actually can come to God and say, God, I'm worrying about this. I'm stressed about this. This is really grieving my heart right now. And bring that to Him in worship and say, God, I want to worship you. Will you hold these things? Will you carry these things so that I can focus on you during this time? I think that can be something that's really helpful, not just to pretend they're not there, but actually be like, God, help me enter into this. I really need you. I really need your help in this. Um, and that can kind of quiet our minds. But then a lot, a lot of, I, I think a lot of worship is actually in our mind. And um, in the Bible, it really often talks about worshiping God for what He's done and for who He is. In Ephesians chapter 3, there's this part where Paul goes on and he talks about all this beautiful mystery of the gospel and what God's done. And then he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray. And it's like this thing of when I think of what God has done and when I think of how amazing He is, I fall to my knees and I worship and I pray because of how good He is. And I love that. In um, Psalm 66, oh, I'm tipping over. Um, I'll just flip there. In Psalm 66, it's saying, you know, shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Sing about the glory of His name. Tell the world how glorious He is. Um, and then it talks about things that God's done. Come and see what our God has done for what awesome miracles He performs for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea and His people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in Him. For by His power, He rules forever. He watches every movement of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defense. And so he's remembering, the psalmist is remembering God part of the Red Sea for us. God's defeated our enemies for us. And so he actually uses these memories of what God's done to actually inspire him to praise God and to worship God. And um, there's an analogy that they use, um, I've heard like in teaching a lot, that Bible study and reading the Bible, they call it like chopping the, the wood that is used on the bonfire of worship. And that worship is a fire. Worship is passion. But, you know, we, we really worship God and connect with Him when we know who He is and when we remember what He's done. We're not worshiping the force, some vague thing out there that might help us and give us the ability to raise a spaceship from the mud. We're actually worshiping a person, God. And so when we study, when we read the Bible, when we um, remember what God's done for us, it actually inspires us to worship a person, to know who our dad is. Intimacy comes when we know somebody. So when we worship God with our mind, we actually remember and think and meditate on who God is, on His Word, on what He's done. And in that, I think imagination can help a lot. When we go into worship, I'm actually going to lead us through a bit of an imagination exercise because imagination is a beautiful gift that God's given us that we can use for so many things. But one of them is it actually help can really help us to connect with God. Um, in a really cool way. When I first learned to hear the voice of God, I had this imagination. I was like 12 or something. And I had this imaginary place in my mind and it was like the throne room of God. But it wasn't like the throne room where there was like all these people worshiping Him and weird beasts and everything. But it was like this place where I, it was just me and Him. And it was like this room and there was like vines growing on the walls. And I would kind of come in and I would worship Him in that place. And it was like, I would imagine myself entering into that. And that really helped me to actually remember and engage with what I was doing when I was coming in to worship God. Um, and so, you know, my, uh, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And with our emotions, you know, we can't choose our emotions, but God gave us emotions to be able to connect with people and to be able to connect with Him. 
And so just kind of like, you know, we're wearing mind, we can actually tell God our emotions. And no matter what our emotion is, if we're really angry, you can still worship God when you're angry. You know, you can actually share that with him and process that with him in worship, which is pretty cool. Awesome. If I could get the band up, that would be great. I'm not going to be too much longer. Um, the other one is our body. God actually wants us to worship Him with our body. And this one is one where people are quite different. Some people love expressing worship to God. They love dancing. They love putting their hands up. They love bowing down or lying down. And other people, that's not really how they connect with God so much. But for all of us, when we even choose to sing, that's a choice to worship God with our body, to use our voice to worship God with our body. But I just want to share with you a couple of verses that show like, you know how, um, raising your hands like you might find it funny to come into church and why has everybody got their hands raised I remember the first time I raised my hands as a kid I was probably like 11 years old and I was standing there in church and I was so nervous I was like I want to do it I want to give God a hug because that's what my mum told me it was when you raised your hands I was like I want to do it and I was like okay and I put my hand up and like I was like everyone's looking at me the whole room's looking at me but it was like this act of faith like I'm going to worship God and I'm going to raise my arm even if everyone's looking at me and thinking it's funny and um, it's because when we actually move our body to do something it engages all of us in that you know the, like the science is like if you actually stand up straight with your shoulders back it actually helps you feel more confident and if you choose to smile it actually helps you feel happier and if you bow down it actually helps posture your heart before God in worship if you raise your hands it helps you surrender it's not something magic but it actually helps us to do that it helps us to enter into that. You know, when you go to a football game or a concert, people raise their hands. It's a gesture of excitement, of praising someone or something. It's something that we actually kind of naturally step into and do, which is pretty cool. Um, there's lots of Bible verses about it, but since I'm running out of time, you just have to take my word for it, but they're all over the Bible, I promise. Awesome. And the last one is our spirit. And so... I don't know if this is exactly the absolute biblical truth, but a lot of scholars think that our spirit is made up of our conscience, um, our commune, like our ability to commune with people and with God and our intuition. And so even if it's not like the exact truth, the model helps us to kind of understand what's going on in our spirits. And so we'll use it as a model. And so our conscience is really big because sin can actually stop us from getting close to God, especially habitual sin and that's the problem like once we're saved that's the problem with sin once you're saved once you're a Christian no sin's going to keep you out of heaven but if you have sin if you know you're doing it and you know you're doing it in rebellion to God and you see your daddy got up there you are probably not going to want to run up and be close to him because of the shame and because of the guilt. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to run up and be close to Him, even when we've done the wrong thing, of course. But we often will shut down. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. God came to walk with them and they hid. And I don't think we've ever got past that. You know, when we, when we, when we have shame, when we know we've done the wrong thing, when we're sinning habitually, when God comes to be with us, we hide. And so we need to get right with God. We really need to get right with God when we come into worship. And that's a chance to do that. In Hebrews 10, um, verse 21, it says, And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean 
and our bodies have been washed with pure water. And so God actually makes us clean. He makes us pure. He makes us forgiven, which means we can enter in. God says, draw near. It doesn't matter what you've done. Draw near. I've done enough for you to be forgiven. You just need to draw near. So we need to get right with God. Um, It also talks, Jesus directly talked in the Sermon on the Mount that if we have something against a neighbor or a Christian brother and we are not forgiving them or we're not getting that relationship right, that can actually hinder our worship to God as well. So maybe when you're standing here at church, you can't like go drive somewhere, but you can at least start with forgiveness. You can at least start with saying, you know, I'm going to forgive this person. God, help me work through this when we're standing before God in worship. Um, the commune part of our spirit, the communion, that's where we sense closeness to God, um, you know, which we've talked about in a lot of it. But, you know, that's the part where we can really be open and God say, God, come be with me. I sense your presence. That's that kind of that part of our spirit. And intuition is our ability to hear God. God actually wants to speak to us in worship. It talks in, uh, I can't remember which book of the Bible it is, but about sometimes there's things, it's Corinthians, I think, First Corinthians, how there's sometimes there's things that our spirit knows that our mind doesn't know. And we know something or we hear something and we're like, oh, I didn't know that. But it's like our spirit knows it because God's communicating with our spirit. His Holy Spirit in us is communicating with us. And that can happen so beautifully in worship when we open ourselves up to actually hear from God. So I know that was a lot, a lot of things, but they're just tools. All of those are tools and ways we can enter into worship. And so what we're going to do now, so if I could get everybody standing up, and I want to encourage you to come down the front, just like bowing down or raising your hands. It's a posture of saying, God, I'm drawing near. I want to be close. I want to encourage you to be brave. Come down the front. Um, it's not like this is a magic piece of carpet, but it's the posture of saying, God, I'm drawing near and God, I'm coming close. Maybe we could get the house lights off if possible. That would be great. And so we're actually going to practice worshipping. And when we go into worship, I want to encourage you to maybe try something you've never done before. If you've never bowed down before God before, maybe tonight you could do that. Something I love to do is just sit at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you can do that. If you've never raised your hands, maybe you could try that tonight. Try something to press in to get closer to God in worship. But just as we enter into worship, I really want to try um, doing something to help us with Imagining, um, using our imagination to connect with God. So if you could all close your eyes, I'll just lead us through this. Awesome. So imagine, I just want to imagine yourself and you're somewhere that you, is so beautiful. Maybe it's like a meadow or maybe a place that you actually know that you love to be, a really cozy lounge room or at the beach or somewhere that you just love to be or somewhere you can imagine you would love to be. A place that's really beautiful. And I want you to think about what it sounds like there. Maybe what it smells like there. And as you're there, Jesus comes up and he's he's walking beside you. And you have a look at him and you know he's there. And And you just want you to think about it for a second. How does that feel that Jesus, he actually wants to come and he wants to walk with you? And as you're walking along, you're actually noticing you're carrying lots of things in your hand, heavy, awkward things, that your worries and your concerns. And so maybe you can imagine yourself giving them to Jesus, handing them to Him one by one, telling Him about them, asking Him to actually bear the burden of that for you. 
And as you're giving these things to Jesus, he actually wants to say something to you. So I want to encourage you to have an open heart. What is it that God wants to say to you? And then as you're walking along up ahead, you actually see a throne room, the throne room of God. And, you know, Jesus or God the Father, He walks up on ahead and He actually sits on the throne, in that throne room. You can imagine for a second what the throne room looks like. It's a beautiful place. So imagine it to be beautiful in the way that you would see it to be beautiful. What it smells like, what it sounds like. And you're standing at the door of the throne room and Jesus, or God the Father, He's sitting on the throne. And God on the throne, he, he looks at you at the door and he says, my child, come in, come in, be close to me. And this is where you get to choose. You know, you can choose to stay sitting at the door. You can sit at the back of the room. Maybe you want to go bow at Jesus' feet or maybe you want to go sit right there on Jesus' lap and whatever you want to do is okay. God doesn't force us to come close to him, but he invites you to come and to be near with him. And you know, maybe if you find it hard to imagine yourself sitting on Jesus' lap, maybe you can talk to him about why. What would it take for you to be able to enter in and to be closer to God? And if you're sitting on God's lap or wherever you are, you know, just talk to God. Think about what he's done and thank him. And we're just going to go into worship now. We're going to sing Reckless Love. And I just want to encourage you to just kind of stay in this place of closeness and of intimacy with God as we worship. Awesome. Thanks, band. <laughs>